powered by MPB, this is Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast, hosted by Jermaine Flood and Tara Wren. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. Welcome to Chalkboard Chat. I'm Jermaine Flood. And I'm Tara Wren. And you are now tuned into our Mississippi Mentor Appreciation Month episode. In for today, and who we are giving all thanks and appreciation to is Dr. Hilliard Lackey. He is the Associate Professor of Urban Higher Education for the Jackson State University Executive PhD program. In addition to that, he is a jack of all trades, including a mentor of all as well. So I'd like to welcome to Chalkboard Chat right now and to the chat, Dr. Hilliard Lackey. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lackey. Hey, thank you so much for having me. And I want to say it's just so good to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. And it's it's good to sit down at a time like this, pandemic aside, to be able to touch somebody who has touched so many other people. So I really do thank you for agreeing to do this interview with us. And we're just going to go ahead and get started. Now, I want to start at the beginning. And those of my listeners who don't know, we actually have a product sitting in the studio right now with us of Dr. Lackey's mentorship, our very own Dr. Tara Wren. So she's going to be giving us a little bit of her testimony, but we want to start from the beginning, Dr. Lackey, on how you got started in mentorship. I really don't know, <laughs> but it's a part of my lifestyle and my uh, upbringing. I had uh, Sunday school teachers, a Sunday school superintendent. My daddy died when I was five years old. And, and so naturally I reached out and sort of clung to people of, in authority, especially those good people. <laughs> and so I, I attached myself to a lot of folk and, and I felt good about it. And they taught me a lot of things. The Sunday school superintendent, John Ransom, <laughs> long and gone, but Oh, he just loved young people, and he and he just exuded all this exuberance about young people. He said, young people, this is our future. We must keep them involved in doing things. And then, you know, my uh, early teachers in elementary and middle school, we didn't call it that in those days, but that was, those were the grades, and they just pushed and uplifted. Oh, man, edified. And I felt so warm and comfy <laughs> when they talked to me and dealt things. I never was a bad kid at all because I was scared I'd die and go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so I was always good and, and people like good people back in those days. I might have been bad, but nobody knew. <laughs> Very few knew. Right. So before you were a mentor, you were a mentee. Yes, and so I wanted to pay it forward. I thought that's the way the world ought to be. Right. And later on, Jay Meredith said such uh, something similar to me. He said the role of older people is to mentor and nurture younger people. And I just said, that's, that's it. He's put it, he's articulated the way I feel and, and have felt all my life. I thought that's what people were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. In my household of 10 brothers and sisters, that's a lot, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we where, had where, 11. Where were you in the, in the stair step Number process? four okay. from the top, okay. from the okay. beginning. We had a situation where we talked a lot. We didn't have a television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we some, oftentimes worked in the same cotton fields. 
So we emulated the older folk. If you were in grade eight, and we was two years apart, all of us. <laughs> if you were in grade eight, that meant somebody was in grade six and four and so on. So we shared what went on in the schoolhouse and in the classroom and all other facets of uh, each grade right. to one another. That's what right. we did. Yeah. Right. Were any of your brothers and sisters kind of mentors themselves? Uh, well, I think we all live like that. We still do. As old as we are, we still do the same thing. I don't think we've ever changed. Even if it's dealing with grands, in their case, some of their cases, great grands, that we believe in giving back and helping those who come after us and reaching out to those who are user-friendly. <laughs> That's important. User-friendly to help them along as well. Do you remember your first time actually saying, okay, I am a mentor now? Well, when I was a new employee here at Jackson State, in 1967, they told me I could have a work-study student. And I had been a work-study student for all my four years as an undergraduate and a graduate assistant at the University of Arkansas. And so I always had somebody to look up to in the office. And I figured that if you're going to work for in my office, I am going to mentor you. I might not have articulated those terms, but that's what I felt. If you in my office, I'm going to help you be successful. I'm going to look out for you and give you advice and make you want to come to work. And when you leave, you're going to be better than when you first came. To me, that's mentoring. Right. How many people have come out and said, thank you, Dr. Lackey, for what you've done for me? I don't know. <laughs> it's been that no, many. No, yeah, I, yeah, I know it's been thousands of people. Goodness. You see, I have recruited probably 200 people a year to come to this institution of higher learning. That's from high school graduates to going to get to graduate degrees and up to the PhD. So I, I say to myself, I recruit 200 a year, but I could be wrong. <laughs> it could be 500 or it could be 150, <laughs> but I, I, I use it the number 200 to make me feel good so I can put my arms around it. Right. Have a, have so after a, 54 years, I saw oh, 200 a year. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot, Doc. Yeah, That's yeah, a lot yeah. of people. And one of those people is in with us right now, Dr. Tara Wren, of course, co-host of Chalkboard Chat. And Dr. Wren, can you just tell me your side of the story first? Well, I'm over here wiping my tears. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> about how he recruited you to Jackson State. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, I honestly have found myself getting emotional over here, Dr. Lackey. You know, I personally say thank you, thank you. He says, look, <laughs> well, I, I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. No, I think um, one day I came to Jackson State University with a friend, Shirley Lowe. She's, do you remember Shirley Lowe? I came and she was registering that um, summer for the fall and I was just with her. I was in the 11th grade at the time mm -hmm. and we went to came to Dr. Lackey's office and I was, sat down there and they were doing their business and I got to talking or Dr. Lackey started talking to me. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here in the college atmosphere. I don't know what's going on. These folks are older than I am. And so we, we started talking, and he learned a little bit about me. I learned a little bit about him. And he asked, he said, well, are you ready to go to college? I said, yes, sir, next year. He said, no, are you ready to go to college this year? 
or in the fall. And I started, yeah, I'm bewildered. I don't know what you mean, but tell me a little bit more about it. And so we talked and shared, and I went home and talked and shared with my mother and my grandmother, and we thought it might be a good idea. And so um, that fall... Long story short, I was enrolled at Jackson State University. After your 11th grade year. Uh, after my 11th grade year. So I skipped my senior year, and it was <laughs> on a program that was um, legislated through the um, Mississippi legislature. Wow. That if you had the right n number of credits and good standing at your school, they allowed you to do that. So Dr. Lackey can tell you a whole lot more about it than I can. But I will tell you, it was such a blessing for me to be able, because I was at a juncture in school, I, I was I really was ready to go. You know, I, I had done everything, I had excelled in school, and thank thankful for my family who pushed me along in the community. You had a good, you know, village there. I'm from Port Gibson, so it was a great village there of folks who brought me along. But you know, just the encounter with Dr. Lackey that summer changed the trajectory of my life, and I went on to get a bachelor's degree and from Jackson State University and a master's degree from Jackson State University and. You know, I'm pretty, pretty proud of that and happy to know Dr. Lackey. And I call him mentor and he has encouraged me every step of the way. I see him. There's always a smile. It's always welcoming. And I watch him, what you know, and I want to be like him. Okay, shut up. But, I, I do. Now, but the doctor, I try, yeah, don't I, Jermaine? Why you Dr. Yes. Yes. And I was going to say, you know, not at Jackson State University, but, but um, Dr. Lack could tell you about his research, and I think I'm a, I'm a product of his, his research. You know, his research yeah. talks about the success of those who early admits and they go on and they do well. And, you know, God's blessed me to go on, and I graduated last May during the pandemic with my Ph.D. from the University of Southern Mississippi. Very well stated. <laughs> the research itself was my doctoral dissertation at the University of Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And the research shows that those who elect to leave high school on their own volition, once they know there is an opportunity, then they tend to not only graduate from college, but get graduate degrees. Wow. Yes. So I'm a so, result of that. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it was. See, African Americans graduated about 30%. Out of every 100 new freshmen, only 30 would ever graduate mm. from college. Mm. But out of every early admit student who skips a 12th grade or 11th grade or whatever and enter college, we got about 92% of them who would get not only a bachelor's degree, but a master's degree, right. a higher a professional, like a, a right. law, law degree or something. That is fantastic. Why do you but think that you is about the language? You are self-motivated. you got that internal drive. That's why you can't push them into it or pull them into it, mm -hmm. but it needs to be with them, them already to excel, to contend. Right. If you throw them into it, it won't happen. So what she said was, I invited her. I let her know that she could do it. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> so I was following the protocol. Don't push and don't pull, <laughs> but let them know. <laughs> Lead a horse to water. I drank. <laughs> well, I got a joke on that joke. It was some good water. <laughs> if, you, if you find a thirsty horse, he'll take you to water. <laughs> it will. He'll show you. It'll 
I'd have been a little thirsty too. Right. I, had to, I had to leave out one of those adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I have a PowerPoint on that I love to show the students, especially those in the summer developmental program. We have a new name for it now. I think it's STARS or whatever. Mm. But students who thirst mm-hmm. will lead the teacher or the parent. Now, whoever else, I'm going to the water. Mm-hmm. My right. job is to make you thirsty. That's my teaching methodology, by the way. So I'm not going to give anybody's age away, but the years since they passed, since Tara had walked into your your site the first time, how has y'all's relationship been since? I always want to monitor progress of every student that I know. Probably of every human being. That's a trait that I learned from my own mother mm-hmm. when I was chopping cotton in the farm. My mama kept with all people at all times. She she knew their birthdays and what right. they were doing. And, right. and when she passed away in 2009, at that point in life, she had maybe 200 grand, great-grands, and all kind of people that she had nurtured herself. Mm-hmm. And she knew everybody's whereabouts and whatever they was doing. She would look up at the clock, and I have a brother in London. She said, oh, his name is Sam. Right. said, oh, it's 12 o'clock here. I mean, it's 6 o'clock in London. I wonder, I guess Sam eating his supper. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> she keep up with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and everybody's birthday and who's graduating and so on. So I was trained by her to do something similar. So I became director of alumni affairs at Jackson State in 1967, which was 54 years ago. Mm-hmm. Based on those traits I learned from my mom, and, and to keep up with graduates of Jackson State and what they was doing. So it's just, uh, it's just natural for me to keep up with folks that I recruit right. to see and whether or not I was right in my assessment. Right, right. <laughs> Dr. Lackey does a very good job of that. And I'll tell you, if you follow him on Facebook, he will promote people that he, you know, talk about them, talk about their successes, and let others know that, okay, this person did this, or they're doing this now, and alumni of Jackson State, he does a very good job at that. And he also does a very good job at educating us on the things that we need to know either about the institution or what's going on and, you know, just in general about life. And I certainly appreciate it. He does a, his, so his mother taught him well. <laughs> Dr. Wacky, it has been a pleasure interviewing you. I have learned so much. You are a historian at heart. You, you say you can't remember anything because of old age, but you remembered everything. Dates, years, <laughs> and all. You can't fool me, Doc. You can't fool me. So I have had a great time sitting down with Dr. Hilliard Lackey, the Associate Professor of Urban Higher Education for Jackson State University's Executive PhD Program, an author, a referee, an umpire, a man of God, and just a great all-around person and a mentor, of course. That's why we're here, to show appreciation for the work that he's done as a mentor in the state. I thank Dr. Tara Wren for coming on and being that testimony, that student that you've touched. Thank you so much. Thank you. I enjoyed being here. In with me for this segment, I have Miranda Joyner. Now, Miranda is a brand strategist in 2018 now, 
She quit her job to pursue her dream, to help people feel seen without guilt or shame so that they can run into success with confidence. She helps entrepreneurs, creatives, and business owners realize their unique brand voice and connect it to their purpose to make money. She is a Jackson, Mississippi native and has consulted and served as the brand manager for talent, placing them in a position to perform at Essence, on Comedy Central and True TV. And she currently serves as a board member of the American Advertising Federation of Jackson. She's also worked as an on-air personality for 14 years and for seven years curated and hosted an open mic experience called Synergy Nights. I'd like to welcome to the chat right now, Miranda Joyner. Thank you so much for joining us here on Chalkboard Chat, Miranda. Thank you for having me. You make me sound so amazing. Can you do that everywhere I go? <laughs> I can. Just call me and I'll get on the horn and literally give you a whole introduction before you get up on anybody's stage. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. I need it. <laughs> well, I wanted to invite you to Chalkboard Chat because I want to appreciate you as a mentor that we love here on Chalkboard Chat. And I know some of my audience are thinking, well, she's a brand strategist. What does that have to do with mentoring? mentorship, but like I just experienced five minutes before we even hit record on this conversation, you are definitely a mentor when it comes down to talking to people about where it is that they want to go, how it is that they want to be seen and viewed. You are definitely mentor status, ma'am. And I just thank you for your professionalism in that arena. Well, thank you. I think sometimes there are mentors who are, are making themselves known as mentors. They're very intentional about mentorship and bringing people on and that, you know, that relationship that is built over time. And then there are those of us that are ninja mentors, right? <laughs> and right. so like, we're like zapping people in the dark, like hiding out in the trees and, and we see an opportunity that might come up with someone. And then we just receptively when it's asked for, or sometimes we just involuntarily give a mentorship and advice to people. But a lot of times people kind of open up that door to ask questions. And so I think there are a ton of us ninja, what I like to call ninja <laughs> mentors, walking around where we don't have the time to take someone on maybe uh, for the long haul, but we can just in a moment pour into somebody. And most of the time, you know, when we think back over life and, and sometimes when people are telling their stories of success, there's this one moment where someone can say a thing that can totally change the trajectory of your life that could shift your paradigm and your way of thinking. And it could be the missing key you need to really propel into success. So you know, I'm, I'm here for all of that. Tell me, where did this all begin? When did you know that this was your calling? Wow, that's a very good question. So I think it would, if, if, if I may, go back a little bit to thinking about my upbringing, because I think it's very important to put in context the type of upbringing that I had. I was raised in a single parent home with my mother and my grandmother. And my mom was a teacher in Jackson Public Schools for 33 years and she retired right before she passed away. My grandmother worked at a plant for 22 years and she passed away a few years ago as well. But the beautiful thing about those two women is that they taught me resilience and consistency. And what I didn't have in, in my household was an example of what an entrepreneur looked like anywhere really in my vicinity. But I always knew I was called to do something amazing. So I spent most of my life feeling like I wanted to do something that was entrepreneurial, but then also being coupled with fear 
right? That will I be able to do this? Can I, you know, because I love stability. Like it's extremely important to me. Financial stability, emotional stability. Stability is my middle name. If I can't create it, I'm just going to create it. Like there is no, I can't create it. Nobody here is, you know, so that's been how I've always been my entire life. And so really I spent most of my twenties doing the thing, going to college, going through jobs, really trying to figure out what I want to do in this world, but always still feeling unfulfilled. Like there got, there has to be more, there's something more I should be doing. So fast forward into, well, in my twenties, I got into radio. So that happened early two thousands. I got into radio and started doing hip hop radio uh, on air personality work. And so over the years that kind of carried me and put me in the entertainment world. And on the last stint that I spent at the radio station. So like you said before, like you mentioned, I was in radio for 14 years off and on. And in that last little run, I was doing the morning show. And I also started an open mic within the last couple of years of of that venture. And in that open mic experience, I was encountered with so many artists and creatives that were needing help, right? So not only in the radio world was I seeing the entertainment world, I got to just kind of witness events rise, events go down. I got to witness the mistakes that people were making. And I just started watching with the natural, you know, innate characteristic of myself to just assess a thing and say, oh, you probably should be doing this like that, but never saying it, but just internally having these conversations like, "Mm -mm, all you got to do is tweak this. Like I would be on my timeline looking like, "Mm -mm, you doing like, if you, if you didn't do that, you would have been all right. Like, why are you doing that like that? Okay. Don't worry about it. And keep on scrolling. At some point I just got tired of scrolling and I started creating this space to where I would, again, I guess, start ninja mentoring people a little bit just when I felt like there was an open door you know what I mean I wasn't trying to be the know-it-all and I really honestly didn't even see it as that back then I just thought man I know you I like you hey let me give you this little advice to help you out just from my experience this is what I see try that and see if it works I didn't really consider myself an expert I just thought I've seen enough let me just pass this along to you And so ultimately, and within that years of open mic, I started mentoring and managing, you know, a comedian, of course, that you guys know well, because she used to work there, Rita, but I started managing her career. And what I found in that really, really amazing and successful run that we had, where it excelled into the entertainment world, into the celebrity world rather rapidly, was that, oh, I'm really good at this when I focus. And I also enjoy it. But what I also knew because of my years in the celebrity world is that the entertainment and, and celebrity world was not something that I desired to be a part of, but I really had an urge to help people on a larger scale. And while I was helping her, while I enjoyed it, I didn't feel still fulfilled. There was still something that was missing, like, mm, you should be doing more. And I didn't know what that more was. And so as she was excelling, I made the decision to shift into doing my own business so that I could do this for more people. Because what I knew was that I really enjoyed helping people to make that switch click like I did for her. It was like, okay, you got something and you can switch it to this point of being successful. It's like, you're right here. All you need is to tweak these things, settle mindset, get organized here and have a strategy. Boom, boom, boom. And so I really pulled back and assessed and I asked myself three questions in 2018 when I quit my job. Asked myself three questions. I said, one, what do I do well? What do I love doing? And what are people coming to me for? And I took those three questions and I thought, okay, let me in the midst of answering those questions, find something that I love doing. And then I started out honestly as a life coach. And then it shifted as I leaned into that a little more. I saw, oh, okay. I need to get more specific. Well, I love helping people build their business and brand. And so 
that's how I got to the space. <laughs> I want to go ahead and jump into the brand. Sure. And the brand is literally your name. It's nothing else. When you look up Miranda Joyner, you're going to go to MirandaJoyner.com and you're going to see exactly what it is that she does. But if my listeners are ready to feel less overwhelmed about their brand, they need to go to MirandaJoyner.com. But let's talk about that. And how proud are you of all of what you now have in your hands and in your midst? Oh, man. What? First of all, thank you for saying that. And and I'll start out by saying that I have not always owned my own gift and greatness, right? Because I think growing up and in and, and, you know, certain circles and cultures, there's this thing I consider to be like this almost fake humility. And I won't call it fake because I think some people really do think it's being humble when we minimize who we are in our gift, but real humility, you know, real being humble really is rooted in being able to own your greatness. And it's how you treat people in the greatness that he is, that we're gifted with. We're all gifted with something amazing and an impact we're supposed to have on this world. And I'll be honest, while I'm very much so all of the things that come along with Leo energy, right? And shine and and, and energy. I also am very okay with being in the background. And a lot of times over the years, I have put myself in the background and minimized myself in order to help other people to propel and excel. And what I promised myself that I was going to do as uncomfortable as it made me to kind of push myself to the forefront, because believe it or not, I know it it doesn't seem like it because I easily get on the mic. You give me a microphone, I'm going to talk. You ask me a question, Jermaine, you see, I'll go. I, I have the answer plus a lot more, you know, but honestly, that hasn't always been my default to be in this space and talk about myself in that light. And honestly, up until this point, I had never done it. I had never just highlighted me. So good at highlighting others. I had never just said, okay, Miranda, it's going to be you and your name. So what I decided to do is I decided to own the impact that I felt like was happening in this world. And what I didn't want to do was hide behind anything else because I had spent quite a few years prior to this minimizing myself. But I wanted to be balanced in, in it. And I wanted to, one, let it be known that it was me, but also let it be known that this business isn't about me. It's about the people that I serve. And so for me, instead of solely focusing on what I didn't want it to be, I just took account to it and I said, okay, how do you want this brand to feel to people? And I led with really focusing on how I wanted people to take and digest me as a person. And I wanted my name to be synonymous and with helping with branding. I wanted it to be synonymous with helping people feel less confused and less overwhelmed about things because over and over again, I had to look back over the patterns of my life People would say to me over and over again, man, Miranda, you really just made that so simple. Man, Miranda, you really, I really feel seen and heard and understood. And you really just cleared that up. I've been struggling with trying to figure this out. And you literally did it in just one conversation. I had to really sit and think, man, people keep saying that to me. (laughs) Oh, that must be my thing. And so I took that and I said, okay, well, I know I do it. It feels seamless to me. How about I I highlight the fact that I could do that for people because people really feel that shift. So ultimately, when people are looking for their purpose, the reality is if you just settle for a minute and look at the patterns in your life and ask yourself those questions, what are people coming to you for? What are people saying about their engagement and experience with you? You'll find purpose in that thing. 
So what I did was when I quit my job, September 22nd, 2018, I still wasn't really clear. I mean, I'm going to be honest. It wasn't like I had the whole plan sitting on my couch. The reality was I actually had to start doing the work and then it started to reveal itself as it happened. And in November of that same year, I launched my business and I was thinking to myself, okay, I'm going to have to see at least four clients a month. So I was trying to think, do the math because I needed stability. I was leaving this job and I was like, this has to work. All right. I got to make it work. And what I, I realized that apparently I had built enough of a rapport with people, but I also woke up every day with a plan, right? I had a plan. I woke up telling people who I was, a brand. I woke up every day after that, reminding people that I was a brand strategist, saying what I did, showing them what I did, connecting with them, getting them to like me. I put in that rotation of no like, and trust. Hey, know who I am. I'm a brand strategist. It's what I'm doing. I'm out here helping people in these streets. If you are an entrepreneur, you need to get with me. I was doing things to make them like me. I was joking and saying things and trying to be, you know, have personality. And then I was sharing information. I was giving them value. I woke up every morning in that rotation and I did not move on my social media. And because of that, what happened was within less than a year, well, almost about two years, I started, people started flooding in. And so to date, this is my third year as an entrepreneur. One-on-one, I've seen over 150 entrepreneurs one-on-one in year three. But collectively, between workshops and speaking engagements and podcasts, I've reached well over, you know, hundreds of people. And so that was the beauty of how I I launched into this this brand. I just leaned in full-fledged because I just made the decision to take a chance on myself. Let's talk about the culmination of this somewhat. A lot alike right? The book, What Every Entrepreneur Should Know About Branding and Purpose, written by Miranda Joyner. This book right here, I think everybody needs to maybe get this book. (laughs) After after I've spoken to you, I need to buy this book (laughs) and sit down and really digest it. But tell me a little bit about A Lot of Like, and tell me when did you know that, oh, now is book time. I've done all of this and now I want to put it down on paper. Oh man. Um, so yeah, so that's two different stories. So I'll tell you, I'll start <laughs> with what the book is and, and, uh, and, and how I got there. Or maybe I should start with how I wrote the book, how I started it. So <laughs> I'll start with that. So the book was actually written. I got to a place of thinking, okay, I need a book. And, and it was because for me, I am extremely, it's like strategist probably is the best title for me because I am somewhat sometimes too calculated and always thinking about what steps am I taking? What is it looking? I'm always assessing where we're going, the trajectory, like what's next, what I'm, I'm always ahead. I'm here, I'm present, but I'm always like, okay, we did something amazing. I don't spend a whole lot of time dancing in the ashes of what just happened. I'll be like, okay, this was awesome. Yeah, high five, high five. Okay, well, what are we doing next? I really was like, okay, after things were progressing, I said, I needed a product. Like I wanted something product wise and and I'm working on this uh, other things right now coming in in the hatch for 2022. But back then in 2020, during the pandemic, I had started up my podcast and, and, you know, I was kind of, you know, pulling that, but I was like, I need something tangible that people Mm -hmm. can walk away with. And I was like, all right, cool. The next thing to do is to write a book. It was like a check mark for me, honestly. And I was like, all right, boom. You know, it wasn't like an overwhelming, I wasn't really carrying the weight of like, oh man, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to have something that's going to be long lasting with my name. I was like, boom, a book. That's what people do. That's what's next. But this book needs to be for people to help them. So I got with my project manager who at the time was helping me with some things. And I I love Kristen to death. Kristen is an amazing human being. 
And Kristen and I got together and we started in October of 2020 and said, all right, that was when I, that was the month I said, all right, Kristen, let's do it. Let's write this book. And so she was the one who t- that helped me stay on, on board. She helped me manage the project. She helped me to pull out and dump the information, organize it. And then I filled in the bones. She helped me with the, you know, the process. And honestly, in five months, we wrote and self-published a book. Now we didn't have any intentions of doing it so rapidly, but it just, <laughs> it went. We did 14 revisions of the book before we sent it off to the first editor, right? So we was revising it, rewriting it, reorganizing it. Then we sent it off to several editors, friends and, and people that were actually you know, under the title of editor. And we published it in March of 2021 of this year. And so I wrote and published a book and I used the height of Clubhouse to help me to launch and propel it in the world, which is how my book ended up in Malaysia and in Australia and in Canada, right? So very rapidly, my book just kind of whoop. So the book was launched in March and the book was essentially because I was able to see so many people so rapidly in the beginning of my business, Again, I paid attention to the patterns. And so there was this pattern that kept reoccurring with people that they need the same thing. And so I was able to create this structure, this three session process to take my clients through that would connect them to purpose, help them to organize that, and then get them to the social media strategy where most people came to me thinking, oh man, I need social media help, help me with social media. But we would always have to back up two steps because you're either missing one or two things. And we would address those things in the session and then get you ready for social media. And so what I wanted to do was in the book, with the book, I wanted to create something that would help people that maybe couldn't afford to work with me, that would give them the fundamental blueprint to say, hey, I can grab this book and help to get my brand on track and to simplify what feels overwhelming in my head. And so that's what the book, it derives from the three session process that I created with my clients. And I was able to put that in a book to help them with purpose. Because also what I found in the beginning that I kept connecting people to purpose unintentionally. And I thought, oh, well, that's a thing. And so, you know, my first session, a lot of my clients describe it as feeling like therapy. And so when we go back to you asking me, and I think you kind of alluded to asking, okay, tell me about a lot of like, and I think, you know, a lot of times people, someone asked me last night when I was on the phone with him, he said, why that title, a lot of like, like, what is that? And that the reality is, is that I'm no different than the next person who's fearful of putting a thing out there and saying, okay, people really have to like this. Are you going to like it? Is it enough? Am I enough? And, and the way that you feel about how I deliver, it still doesn't remove me from having fears and insecurities and doubts that I still have to manage on a day-to-day basis. I just manage and move through it. I just dance with my fear differently than the next person who might allow it to sit them down. Mm-hmm. I just have a plan for how I address fear for when it pops up in my life, instead of letting it mute me and sit me down. I just have a plan for how I push and move through fear. And so that's what a lot of like really means is that we're all really a lot more alike than we are different because it's so easy to look at me and say, man, Miranda, you just be spitting it out. You need this. Of course, you don't deal with fear and insecurity, Uh -uh, but I do. (laughs) Right, right, right. You need your own Miranda for yourself. (laughs) Find me one, a mentor I need. Right. I love it. It's just great. I just love all of this, Miranda. You're the best. You really, really are the best. So when it comes down to people contacting you, they can go to Mm mirandajoiner.com, get all the information there, Facebook, Instagram, she's got all of that. So make sure you connect there. But I want my audience to know that you have got this mentorship session for free. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> she'll, she'll get you there even in a light session like this. So I really do thank Miranda for coming through. I just thank you for all of this. Is there anything you want to leave me with or, or my audience with for Chalkboard Chat? I love it. Well, thank you for saying that. I do want to remind people that my name is spelled with all A's, M-A-R-A-N-D-A. So you can find me and connect there. Find me on social media, on Instagram. I spend a lot of time there and jump in my DMs. If anything from this stuck out and you just want to share, I would love to hear how you were receiving this message and this talk today. And I just want to encourage people to know that at any given moment, if you want to do something amazing in your life with this being about, you know, mentorship, if you want to do something in your life, then, you know, move forward with it and excel and just put action behind it just make the decision to do it and then focus on the best possible outcome and then we're just just figure it out just move forward but if you want to do something exceptional in this world get a mentor and if you want to find out something exceptional about yourself as a person then become a mentor make sure you do that now we've been talking to miranda joiner brand strategist slash ninja mentor she is everything when it comes down to brand strategy and helping set yourself up for success. And again, I thank you for joining us here on Chalkboard Chat, Miranda. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing. I'm Jermaine Flood. And I'm Tara Wren. And today we are having our mentor appreciation episode with none other than Tanja Murphy. Tanja Murphy, she is the founder of the Ladybug Club mentoring program. And she was also a guest speaker for Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Workforce Wednesday luncheon that was held July in 2019. Now, the Ladybug Club encourages positive self-esteem, self-confidence, the value of education, and being civic-minded about family and community. The Ladybug Club promotes encouragement, support, and accountability through lasting friendships. And we have got a lasting friendship right here Ooh. with Miss Tanja Murphy. Tanja, welcome to Chalkboard Chat. Oh, thank you so much for having me to talk about something that I have loved for 16 years now. Mentoring, per se, is what you're Yes, meaning. yes, I have. Yes, I have. That's some great stuff. Can you give me your philosophy on why mentoring is so important? Mentoring is important because we all, we all need someone to mentor us. And when I say that, you know, we need to make sure we have good mentors. We need to have people in our lives that will show us the way, that will hold our hands on the way, that will step back and, and tell us to you know move forward and go ahead. And we need those people because I know that sometimes even with our youth, you can youth are gonna be mentored. They're gonna either have a good mentor or a bad mentor. So we need to make sure that we are those good mentors for our kids and for the youth that we uh, work with. So it's it's so important, it's so important. That's great stuff. Now you've been doing this mentoring with youth and families in Jackson and throughout Mississippi for nearly 20 years. Tell me how and when you got, and no pun intended, bit by the ladybug basically <laughs> when it deals with mentoring. <laughs> well, I have to go back to how the ladybug club even got its name. And when we started, my nieces, uh, they wanted to spend the night with what they, they called me T.T. Tonja. So they would want to spend the night and I would have them over and then they would start bringing their friends. And through my work with nonprofit organizations, people would hear about these different things. And so one of the times we were having a sleepover at my house, which I have a small house. And one of the girls, she looked at me and she said, T.T. Tanja. And I said, what, baby? 
She said, it's the Ladybug Club. And I said, it is. And my daughter's nickname is Ladybug. And so it just, it just stuck. And it was, you know, the Ladybug Club. And it didn't start out as a, I want to start an organization doing this. It really just started out as a way to share experiences with them, introduce them to different things. Some of the things we would do, it was the first time we would both do it. And some of the things is, I had experienced it and I wanted to show them that experience and let them have a good time doing it and let them enjoy it. And so we could talk about it and they could learn and then show them how to connect those experiences to other things in their life. And so that's pretty much how it got started. So, yeah. After 16 years, what Um, continues to motivate you to be the leader of the Ladybugs? I think what continues to motivate me, even on days where I'm like, is this really uh, making a difference? Am I really, you know, doing something that's worthwhile that they need is when one of the labels, oh my goodness, I'm about to cry. Um, When one of the girls who is in college or is older will reach out and say, I remember when we learned it in the Ladybug Club or how I am applying it to my life now, or I'm teaching young girls that are in my circle of influence now. I'm teaching them some of those same things. And I'm like, you know what? Even all these years later, it still makes a difference. And it's not some of those things that are brand new. It's some lessons that we learn, no matter how old you are, you can always go back and teach that lesson to somebody younger. That that lesson, that that need to know or whatever, it doesn't change. So when they reach back and say, I remember that and I'm using it. I mean, I had one, she was in college and she may have been a sophomore. And she called me, no, she texted me and she said, Miss Tonja, oh, we need a ladybug lesson on this campus because we would do dress etiquette. And so she was seeing some, some different attire. She was like, uh-uh. She said, you didn't come here and do a lesson. I'm like, you can do it. <laughs> you know you know what you learned and, and you can assertively do that in a nice way. Mm-hmm. Teach it the way that I taught you yeah. to your peers. So, you know, just when they reach back, when they reach back or yeah. when moms, you know, graduate from college because we've had moms because we talk about education we've had moms to go back to school, get degrees, get second degrees. And it just makes it all worthwhile. It just, it just really makes it all worthwhile. So, yeah. That's awesome. How do they say thank you? And I think that them paying it forward based on what you've taught them is a huge thank you to you. Oh yeah. It's, I don't even know how to uh, describe it. I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Just that would be the way that they do say thank you. They don't have to call and say thank you or text or tag me in a post on social media. It's when you are living it out, you are really living out the lessons. When you're living out the experiences or ensuring that someone else can engage in that same kind of experience, you're welcome. That's all I say. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I wanted to get into a little bit of your community outreach. I saw that y'all did some things over the holidays for last year. I don't wanted to know how important is that for the Ladybug Club and when it relates to mentoring? Oh, well, I think it's important to give back. I think it's important to love on seniors, our elders. We need to love on our elders before they become ancestors. We don't need to wait until they, till they die to love them. We can love them now. We, can, we need to sit at the feet of our elders and learn and glean. And, and if you sit with an older person long enough, they will talk as long as you sit. They will share stories about their life and their experiences and, and give, you know, just really good things that we can take and, and, and just learn and be because of those lessons. And so one of the um, soft spots in our heart, you know, with the Ladybug Club has always been the seniors in the Midtown community. You know, one year when it was hot, we were doing fans, box fans, because some seniors like to sit out on their porch. We were doing box fans and we, you know, walked the neighborhood and we had about 50 fans that we gave out. For Valentine's Day, we did a bag full of love from the Ladybug Club. And it just had, uh, you know, toiletries in there, you know, paper towels and, and you know, just all those kinds of things. And of course, some sweets now. We have to give them a few little sweets. We have to watch those illnesses some of our seniors have, but, you know, they want something sweet too. And, you know, because of, um, oh, during Make a Difference Day, we actually, you know, asked seniors, who needs spring cleaning of their home? And we actually did spring cleaning of a couple of homes in the community. One apartment complex, a senior apartment uh, complex. We did cleaning there. And so even when we do activities, it's not just about doing an activity. What's the outcome? What did the girls learn? What did the moms learn? We have to look at, because we can put stuff on the calendar all day long for an activity, but why are we doing this? And I think mentoring, we really have to look at why are we having some of the conversations we're having? Why are we introducing to some of the experiences we're introducing them to? There has to be a reason or all you're going to do is be checking off something on a, on a list or checking off a box like, okay, I met on this day at this time, check. And then what? What did what did they really get out of it? And so now the girls will say, okay, so what are we doing with the seniors this year? And so we just love, we love uh doing that. And and they they enjoy it. They enjoy it. And so we're looking for you know other opportunities to support the seniors in our community. And then also with everything that's going on in our world, we have to be creative. And we have to be innovative in even how we serve. Because I do know a lot of organizations, it was like, okay, so how are we going to do this? Because we've been doing this for so many years, but now we have some, some barriers. We have to work through some, some different things. Some organizations, they were like, you know what? We're done. We, we can't do it. I'm like, no, let's figure out how to do this. Let's figure out how to do this. And I think if your heart is in anything, You'll figure it out. Your heart will tell you. Your heart will tell you before your head will. You will figure out how to do it. Uh, some of my work um, at my day job, because I have a whole job. <laughs> um, you know, I was doing lessons with, with teens in schools. And, you know, spring break of 2020, 
that stopped. You, you couldn't go in a building. You couldn't do anything. And I was sitting in a meeting and I was like, you all kids aren't going back to school. They're not going back to school. How, you know, I said, mm, I just got a feeling. And so days went on and I said, well, they're going to be out a day or two. I created an Instagram page over the weekend and started inviting the kids. And so all those lessons I was teaching in the school, I would do a live lesson every night around relational health. And I did that for three months to the end of the school year. And I was like, okay, you know what? If your heart is really where you say it is, you'll find a way. You'll find a way. I learned more about Instagram than I wanted to know, but I figured it out. And so we just have to, you know, make sure. And then, you know, kids need to see adults figuring it out. Like, if you care about me and, and you want me to do well, I, I need I need an example. So we got to be examples, too. So, yeah, I love that. I have two questions. I want to ask you about sponsors funding all these things that you're doing. Do you have sponsors? The group has sponsors. Do you get any funding for any particular group or now we have uh, received funding before. And I just really want to spotlight this as, as an example of how mentoring works and how if your heart is in the right place about what you're doing. I say all the time, your hands and your pocket, your hands and your pocket. If you really love something, you will show up and put your hands on it and you will volunteer. Also, if you love it, you will, you will spend some money on it too. So one of the things we did this year with our 12 days for the holidays um, thing we did with the seniors, the members sponsored that. Some of our members have their own businesses now. And I was like, you all, this is how much this is going to cost. Who wants to support? And it was fully supported by small business owner women. Kudos to them. Yeah. So it just. It's just really been wonderful to see those see those things. And then also, it's not necessarily always about uh, funding as far as a sponsor. We'll get a call and say, look, um, we know you have this many girls at the Ladybug Club. We have tickets to different events. Uh, would you like to bring some of the girls and their moms? And so it becomes a mother-daughter experience. Uh, it's an opportunity for them to dress up. It's an opportunity, opportunity for them to see some of the culture that the city has to offer. So, yeah. Cool. So I think that um, this is a very dynamic situation that you have created here for yourself and the folks in your community, the parents, mm -hmm. you all do all this community service. You um, teach and support and provide resources for social and emotional mm -hmm. um, health and you know, family build, building and mm -hmm. sounds like entrepreneurship too. You know, mm -hmm. you do a little bit of everything from education to the business world. So how would you tell someone else who listened to this conversation and been inspired um, very briefly, what would they do? What can they do to start their own mentoring group in their community? First thing first, um, before you do any outside mentoring, I want you to take a look at your family. Are you loving on the kids, the youth in your family first? Because it's a terrible thing when people see you out doing stuff in the community and either your children or your family needs that same service you're providing. 
That's the first thing. Two, I would say start with one. Don't start with a group. Because if you get the right student or youth to mentor, you will feel like you have 10 if you get the right one that has needs and some things that you all need to kind of work through together. Also, do not start an organization just so you can say you have an organization. The work is too important for you to do that. You should not just, well, I wanted to have this group and I, no, don't do that. Also, and this is a, this is a plug and I'm going to say it's a shameless plug. At year 13, with the Ladybug Club, I wrote a book called Bless 13 Lessons from a Ladybug that answers your question. So it's 13 things you need to think about when you get ready to start an organization. Because I was like, I learned a lot and I need to share this with people. Like, this is this this work ain't for the week. <laughs> it's not. It's How can get that book? How can they get that book? <laughs> they uh, they can order it um, from my website, tomjamurphy.com. Okay, thank but, you. But uh, it was thir- it was thirteen things, and I said, you know what? Start small. You know, make sure that you are sharing information. Don't try to do it yourself. Because one of the things too is, if you had to do all the work yourself with your organization, do you have the time or the money to do it? And if the answer is no, who are those people that you need to have with you and surrounding you and helping you that buy into what you're doing and why you're doing it? So yeah. I'm just going to ask the last question, Tanja. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know about how people can contact you if they wanted to join the Ladybug Club, could contact you just on your personal. <laughs> okay. Well, they can reach out. We do have a Facebook page and it's the Ladybug Club. We do have a Facebook page. They can inbox there or they can email Ladybug Club Jackson and that's JXN at gmail.com. And so we can follow up with them from there and let them know, you know, what we have coming up, uh, what um, what we're doing now. And yeah, they can do that. Make sure you do that. Also, if you wanted to know more about Tanja Murphy, you can visit Tanja, T-O-N-J-A Murphy, M-U-R-P-H-Y dot com for more information about her. And we thank you so much, Tanja, for being a guest on Chalkboard Chat today. And you are one of those mentors that we definitely appreciate here on the podcast. In this segment, we are going to be appreciating Bianca Foster. She is the president and founder of Girls to Women Mentors and Girls to Women Academy, a nonprofit organization that empowers, educates, and molds young girls into becoming extraordinary women. Now, the organization also hosts a summer camp and a monthly social club. And for the past few years, they have hosted an all-girls mentoring summer camp for ages Five through 16. And when it comes down to the Girls to Women Academy, the school was founded last year in July of 2020. So I just want to get Bianca Foster right now on the hook for everything that she's doing when it comes down to mentoring in the city of Jackson. Bianca Foster, welcome to Chalkboard Chat. I am so excited to be here. Oh, you make me sound so good. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Hello. Hey there. I am just so glad to have you here. I try to give the best introduction possible, set you up for success. And 
already know you're going to be successful because you've done so much in the city of Jackson when it comes down to mentorship. So we wanted to appreciate you here. So let's just dive right in. What started your journey? When did you know that you had the mentor bug inside of you? Oh, wow. I am... uh... Okay, it's not that far back to go, <laughs> but I am a, a big sister. I have, there are five of us and I am the second oldest and mama was at work and um, I had to take care of those kids or help out, take care, wash clothes, make sure everybody was in the house and things like that. So I was always trying to be in charge or somebody's mother or telling somebody this is the right thing to do. So it started way back with my siblings first. And then I went on to school and just became that friend that wanted to give advice to everybody or everybody came to for advice. And I was a cheerleader and I became the captain of the cheer squad. And that gave me an opportunity to be that big sister or to be that go-to gal for people. And I was like, I like this. I like telling people, you know, giving them advice or having them to be coming to me for, you know, to ask questions or for a little guidance. So it started way back in the house with my siblings and they still say to this day I'm always trying to be their mom that's some good stuff now take me to pandemic last year literally oh, wow and let's just talk about before that how long had you been preparing to open up girls to women academy the academy has been oh man a dream of mine for probably about 10 years back when I was working at a daycare center and I said I wanted my own school but I did not know I wanted a school for girls at that time and when I moved back to Jackson from Hattiesburg my daughter and her friends (laughs) always hanging around at my house can you babysit this person can you because you're you're a teacher they think you automatically want kids all the time (laughs) so by her being the only child I always had friends and cousins over for her to just play with and and one summer you know I decided hey let's Let's make this real. Let's do a summer camp in the house. And I had about nine girls, which were probably little cousins and friends. So it became a thing the summer. So second summer, it was about 15 girls at my house. (laughs) And then it went on. And then last year was pandemic. 2020 was pandemic. And I was like, oh, God, how am I going to have a summer camp? And my girls look forward to this every year. And I'm supposed to get bigger every year. How am I supposed to do this? We went virtual. I did a virtual summer camp and it was the most amazing summer we had ever had on Zoom, playing games. I had girls on all day long. Parents were like, thank you for keeping them busy. We got to Zoom with different celebrities and it was just amazing what we did virtually. And I was like, if I can do a virtual summer camp, not knowing anything about this technology, I can also open up my school. (laughs) So it was just hitting the ground running, doing some research and just finding out what I needed to do to be successful in this. And I... July came and I called my boss at Bates Elementary and I said, um, I won't be returning to the classroom. I, I, I God called me to do something different. I feel like I'm ready. I thank you for the opportunity. And he had my back and was like, okay, thank you. Go for it. And it just happened. <laughs> it didn't just happen because a lot of hard work <laughs> and sacrifices. But now that I'm looking back, it's like, wow, it happened. So The mentoring is the baby of it all. Just being that person for young girls, whoever you need me to be. That's what I tell them. If I need to be sister, mom, your best friend at this moment, because it's easier to talk to outside people than it is to your own parents sometimes. And I just wanted to be that person for them. Now, when did the Girls to Women mentoring develop? What year was that? 
The mentoring started 2017. Now, when it comes down to the academy, the academy is for what grades? It's from kindergarten to eighth grade at the moment. We do small groups, one-on-one teaching, and I still get the mentoring and financial literacy, community service, all the things I wish I could do when I was working in public school for girls. I do it here. And it's amazing. I love it. It's not even work. Talk about the enrollment. So when you first started last year in 2020 for the Girls to Women Academy, how many students did you have versus now in 2021? After summer camp, I advertised at the end of our virtual camp. And I told my parents, this is what I was going to do. If you're willing to take that risk, if you were looking for change, I was opening a school. And I had three guaranteed girls that said, their mom was like, I mean, I'm with you. Whatever you're doing, I'm doing it too. And three enrolled. And by the time school started, I think it was August 11th, maybe, I had eight girls just off of word of mouth and somebody saying, I heard you were doing this. And this year I have 21. 21 wow. girls enrolled. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's still mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> you are moving fast, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Oh, God. Oh, God. You are moving fast. So that goes to show you how far your mentorship has gone and how much they trust you as a mentor yeah. to be able to just say, yeah, we're going to come to your school. We're going to attend. I'm going to send my child there. So what do you feel is the most important thing about being a mentor? Letting them know I'm your mentor and your guide, but my job is to make you the best you. Whatever you need, whatever area you need me to help you with, but I want you to be the best you that you can be. I, I love when they say, oh, I want to grow up to be Miss B. I want to grow. That's good. But Miss B has her own walk and troubles and strengths and weaknesses. I want to pull out the best you. So to make sure they keep themselves in focus. I love that. And I want to go back and talk about Girls to Women Academy, some of the pieces there. Let's talk about maybe the after school program that you have. How does that work and what does that look like? That was something new to me as well. <laughs> so I had the private school side of things and private school ends at 320. But in the midst of that, I have drivers going out to pick up young girls from Clinton Public Schools and Jackson Public Schools and Hines County. So they bring them to me and I try to incorporate the things that I do in the summer, such as community service, tutoring. We have girl talks such as about body images or taking care of yourself, you know, about being safe. Things we need to know as young women. Things we wish somebody told us when we were five and six. So I do what I try to do in the summer in a small time for after school. And I have about mm, 17 girls that I go pick up and bring them back. Some of them are middle school, so they might get a different curriculum, after school curriculum than my younger babies. But it's real. We have real conversations. We might cry, laugh, but they enjoy coming here. And of course, we have fun. I help them with homework and academics and just make sure they're well-rounded. Because parents not getting off to 6 o'clock. I know. I was at home. My mom to get off to 5, 30, 6 o'clock most days. And who wants to deal with homework and all of that once you're off work. And I want to be that person for them. When you get home, spend time with your child, cook for them, you know, enjoy time at home. So especially now with this pandemic, I want this place to be home away from home. It sounds like it. I mean, you're doing such a great service by offering these rides from school to your facility. I yes. mean, parents have to just be thankful for everything <laughs> that you do on your end when it comes down to just 
helping them out with their daily schedule. Yes, ma'am. Because I'm a mom. I know the struggles. I know the struggles. Even though I have my husband that helps out, but it's just something about mama having to do certain things. So I know somebody helps me or if somebody was there for me. I just know what it's like to be there worrying about your child and they don't have to worry here. That's good stuff. Now, when it comes down to the mentors camp, tell me a little bit about that. Oh, it's my favorite part. It's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. Teachers don't want to teach in the summer. We want to just play all summer. I don't know if they ever told you to read. We just want to play. <laughs> I believe <laughs> so, it. <laughs> I get to play and I get to introduce them to, oh man, we have a career bucket list that we do every summer. And I bring in Black women or females around the community, but they get to come in and talk about what it is they do, leave them with a word of advice. And most of the time, it's somebody from off of our list. So if you say you want to be a doctor, I'm going to find a doctor that looks like you. If you say you want to be a dentist, I'm going to find a dentist that looks like you. And then we do careers that are out of the box. Like we might talk to somebody from NASA and I'm like, you don't know about this career, so you don't know if this is what you want to be or not. So just exposing them to different careers and different people and all those connections carry us. And the mentors and the people we call in, they want to come back every summer to engage with these girls and to, you know, guide them and lead them. And how can I be involved? And they're so sweet. We went horseback riding. Things I didn't get to do as a child. I want them to do it. <laughs> I want them. Or things parents don't have time to do. Uh, we went uh, kayaking this summer. Things like that. Like girls need to be exposed so they can have the full experience of living. Camp has not even started. I've already gotten calls. Are we having camp this summer? Are you going to do camp this summer? So it, it's a great thing. It's, it's definitely my favorite part. Now, I know they both go hand in hand. Girls to Women Mentors and Girls to Women Academy. So mm -hmm. I know we're bouncing back and forth, but you got so much going on with both of them. <laughs> so I want to know more about Girls to Women Mentors when it comes down to a couple of things that you have there. Mm -hmm. What is the social club? So we actually had to pause that now, you know, because of the pandemic, but before we were meeting every month based off a of different topic. So if it was breast cancer, of course, we were meeting together to talk about, I would have somebody come in and talk health with them and how to take care of your body. And we would do some type of fundraiser. In April, I know we did something dealing with the earth environment, bike riding. So just to keep them one together, because in the summer they get so attached and they cry when they have to leave each other. So to keep them together, and to just keep what I want to do going because I like to be in touch with them all year long just to keep up with them and right. to keep them focused because mom might call and say, oh, grades are slipping. So we need to do a social meeting and have some tutors there, you know, and talk about how important our grades are or, oh, she's hanging with the wrong crowd. Okay, now I need to pull in my older kids, my teenagers who are in high school now to talk about what it's like to, you know, get with the wrong crew. So it might be based off that or just something every month to just keep them engaged, keep them out of trouble and let them know I'm here. I'm not just here in the summer. I'm not just when you, your mom calls me, I'm here. Right now. I know you cannot do this with all 21 of these students by yourself. Oh no. So oh, no. let's <laughs> talk about the team for sure that you've got that's behind you and helping yes. out with these girls. How much do you appreciate them and what kind of great things are they bringing to the table for girls to women? I, I will say I am all for the team because the team keeps me going. As far as the mentoring pro program goes, 
I like to pull in high school girls or college girls to be mentors to my mentees because they're more relatable. They they listen to them. They admire them. They can't wait to be 18 years old. So when the 18 year old is saying, hey, you shouldn't be talking to boys at this time or you shouldn't be with this group. It makes more sense. And I trained them because they came up under me, I'm sure. Like they were probably in camp or a part of my um, social club. But it's more of parents being a part of it as well. Want to be mentors, like what we're doing and want to be part of the team. And my staff here for the academy are part of it as well. They, they are awesome because I can't be in everywhere all the time. But they carry it. They have the same passion for girls as I do. They take that mission statement very seriously. Like you are here to encourage and empower because we want it instilled in us. So we definitely want to pour it out to those young babies. Now, when it comes down to if somebody wanted to enroll their child, their girl into Mm -hmm. the Girls to Women Academy, what are some of the parameters that they have to make sure they meet about them getting in? Open enrollment is in February. Let me plug that in. On the website, we have an application and it's almost like a pre-process. I'll do an interview because it's a school for every girl. I will say that. But you kind of want to be selective because you want the girls to vibe together. And I also want my personality to vibe with, you know, whoever I have in here. So I do an interview with parents and the girls. They have to bring me recommendations from maybe a church member, a youth group you're in, or somebody from your school. It could be a teacher, counselor, something of that nature. And it's almost like a pre-screening process where we come in just to make sure our energies mix. I'm an energy person. You don't want someone here that doesn't want to be here as well, even though most of them don't know what they want at this time. (laughs) But I also want them to get a feel for it. So we do a tour and they come in and talk to me. I introduce them to a few girls. So the process of getting in is not anything difficult. I just like to meet my my girls before they are fully enrolled. So if they want to do that, they can actually visit g2wacademy.org forward slash admissions if you need any more information on how to apply. When it comes down to applying for the Girls to Women Mentors, is that the same sort of process? No, it's it's less intense. (laughs) You just kind of fill out the application and most of the girls come through summer camp in order to be a part of the mentoring program. And once you come in, it's just kind of pay, come and be a part of it. And then we work off who you need to be paired up with or, you know, how can I be of service to you? It's, it's way less intense. The academy and the mentor, it's, it's all one thing, but two different things at the same time. <laughs> I love it. I know you're just getting started. Have you had any students to graduate from the eighth grade yet not want to leave? <laughs> it's a funny story. <laughs> we actually stopped at seventh grade our first year when I had my nine girls. Right. Well, yeah, nine. It, we stopped at seventh grade because I felt like the eighth graders needed a little experience before they went to high school and so my baby who I graduated last year she cried so bad and she was just so hurt that I was letting her go she was my reason for having eighth grade this year (laughs) so this will be my first I have three eighth graders and this will be my first year graduating officially out so we'll see how that goes but that baby cried so bad I added eighth grade quickly (laughs) 
I would have cried too. Be yes. I don't want to go. She was like, no, one more year. So I definitely yeah. did that. Oh, well, that is so sweet. Now, I know funds are needed to be able to make things work and go. How does somebody, if they want to donate to Girls to Women Academy to kind of keep that momentum going for you all? Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, the school, you can donate on the website at g2wacademy.org, or you can give us a call, you know, maybe want to bring us something directly or mail us a check. The address is also on the website. But the mentoring program is the same process. You can visit g2wmentors.com. And donate there as well. And the, the funds go to two different things. So the mentoring, I try to do more community work for to young ladies who might need something, families that might need something. That is used for that because we have a board to answer to for that one. And the academy, they go directly to the school. We need computers. We're new. So if anybody wants to donate, one, you will be greatly appreciated. <laughs> And you can just go to the website or give us a call at 769-257-7417. And if you want to be a mentor, they can get involved too yes. by visiting the website, right? Yes, please. All you have to do is my email is on there. My phone number is on there. And we're actually starting to look for new mentors now. So I do need more mentors, college students, high school students, any type of lady or young lady, older lady that wants to be involved, please contact me directly and we'll get started. To my listeners, if you want to know more about Girls to Women Academy or the Girls to Women Mentors, make sure you go to g2wacademy.org for information on that. She also has g2wmentors.com for information about the mentor side. And I thank you, Bianca Foster, for being the mentor that we appreciate here on Chalkboard Chat. You've been listening to Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. This podcast is hosted with love by ACAST.